This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, good evening to everyone who is joining us from Sydney. And also, hello to everyone who is joining us from around the world. Today, it's Tuesday, and Tuesday is Daily Dose podcast on COVID-19 updates and sports. Today brings us to a very interesting topic for discussion, which is the impact of COVID-19 on mental health. And we all know how important this topic is during the current scenario when a lot of countries are suffering from lockdowns and we are still into this delta variant from which the world is still trying to recover and come out in the coming days we've got a very special guest tonight uh, damanika wahalang who is studying masters of environmental management and uh, welcome to today's daily dose damanika thank you so much for having me sir great Uh, just to begin with this discussion on the impact of the COVID-19 on mental health, we all know that from last year, from March 2020 onwards, as per the OECD survey as well, there have been an increase in the number of cases of people who are suffering from anxiety and depression. And in fact, if you look at the data, it shows you that in some of the countries, the number of cases have in fact doubled since March 2020. And some of the reasons are quite direct. Some of the reasons are quite indirect. But the reasons mostly point you towards the fact uh, that there has been an uncertainty in the environment due to lockdowns, due to financial distress, due to a lot of other reasons. Isn't it, Damanika? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And I think it's, it's a collective grief experienced by the whole world at once, but which is also very deeply personal. And though our losses are not the same, just as our experiences have not been the same. And I love how um, a psychologist uh, named Chris Chures defined it. He said that it's a very complex and a quite ambiguous loss that we are all experiencing um, during this pandemic. And when the losses are so ambiguous and complex, it is really difficult to reach that place of acceptance. So most of us will feel like we are being stuck in the same place. And I think that's a very difficult place to be at. Absolutely. It's it's very difficult sometimes, you know, for people to talk about what's going on in their mind. That's why we are also marking on September 9th this very special day called Are You OK in Australia. And for those who are joining us from outside Australia, Are You OK is an Australian non-for-profit suicide prevention organization, which was founded by... Gavin Larkin in 2009 and every year they they dedicate this day for are you okay where we try to understand and get along into conversations with people who might not be feeling okay and that's why we ask this very important question of are you okay by getting into conversations by getting into um, and understanding what's going on inside you as a friend as a great listener you can share your feelings with anyone. And I think um, this is a great way of actually understanding of uh, what's going on in someone's mind. Um, you might have uh, known about this, are you okay, Damanika? 
yes, absolutely. I've heard about it and I uh, believe it's an amazing initiative to start with. And I think um, it's really important for us to actually create this um, are you okay habit within our personal lives and to be able to look after the ones that are closest to us on around where we within reach. And especially what this COVID-19 had did to us regarding this, uh, the isolation. I think that is one of um, the most, one of the factor that has also led to distress and psychological um, or like suicide or depressing. So I think, um, yeah, you should also um, be able to ask our family and friends, are you okay? As much as we can. Um, and also, Dominica, while I was looking at some key results from the OECD, that is the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, which says that actually there needs to be an integration of a whole of society response which comes into place. And that whole of society response will look at two different domains, which most of the countries have been doing pretty well. One is that how can you make use of those existing mental health services through both in-person and telecommunication mode? And secondly, how can the employers make sure that you are supported financially? Because the surveys coming out from around the world suggest the fact that the younger you are, the more likely it is for you to suffer from anxiety or depression during COVID-19. Yes, absolutely. And I think, um... This is the time where employees or the government have to look into a very holistic solution to address mental health services. And especially targeting the young people and women and the differently abled population because they are the one who are at the most risk during this pandemic. Yep, because it's, it's quite hard for youngsters, you know, like you and me, uh, who who were going through these times when we were not knowing about what's happening around us. And suddenly you see that all kinds of jobs are getting lost and there is a high amount of uncertainty in the environment. And that is the primary reason why we saw highest rates in terms of mental distress during that point of time. And clearly linking it with the income fact, if we see the last year's report you see the IMF reports or the WHO reports, they clearly suggest that in terms of the dollars, if we see 35% of those who were earning less than $40,000 reported experiencing a major negative mental health impact as compared to 21% who were earning between $40,000 and $89,000. So basically when the income increases, your signs of showing any kind of depression or mental illness decreases. So kind of it has some sort of relation with the income as well. Definitely. Um, there are a lot of factors that contribute to the, um, the negative mental health that we all suffering or going through today. Um, but yes, I feel um, the economic side of it or the income side of it has been one of the major or leading factor. And um, like how we're seeing recession, the history of it has always uh, been, we, are, we have known that recession is um, somewhere, uh, I would say triggering mental health and this COVID-19 following up with uh, the economic impact has definitely been difficult. 
Yeah. Do you have some something to share in terms of, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure whether you will be comfortable to share your personal experiences, but definitely you might have heard some of your friends stating that on the basis of your experiences and some of your friends, what do you feel were some of the common factors surrounding uh, this age bracket of, um, you know, people in the 25 to 30 years old, because this is the most critical year bracket, uh, age bracket as per the statistics as well. Yes. Um, where do I begin? It's definitely felt so long. Um, I think it's definitely when you mentioned that it's the uncertainties that has um, created this whole um, blank space in our life or in our mind where we are sitting here overthinking and scared of the future, um, especially for the ones who are yet to begin with the career. And um, as you all know, most of us will be impacted by it or already being impacted. And it's, it's, it's a difficult space to be in, um, to be unsure or to, um, let's say, realize that all the effort, I wouldn't say realize is too strong of a word, but then to look back into the effort that you've put in to be able to reach here today. And we've all been hopeful of a very fruitful future. But now when everything changes, I think um, as much as humans are known to be very quickly adaptable to the changing environment, but yeah, um, personally, uh, we're all working towards it. Yep. And what really makes me really sad, Dominica, are these statistics, you know, when I look at these kind of statistics coming from Australia and around the world. So one in interesting statistic which I was looking at from last year is that last year when the Victoria had a major lockdown in Australia, 713 people took their own lives, including 19, 19 people under the age of 18. And that really surprises me a lot in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, how much this had an impact during that period uh, when Victoria was under lockdown. And I guess similar might be the case in other parts of the world. If you look at the, if you look at the African continent, even before COVID-19 only, it is seen that 20 to 25% of the women were, were into depression. And that is a very high rate uh, considering the fact that they are not having access to mental health services in Africa. That's what the report suggests that a lot of the women in Africa don't have access to mental health services and it even increased further during the COVID-19. So, you know, these are the statistics coming from around the world that makes you think how important it is for us to take mental health as a priority. Don't you think? Definitely. Um, I think being um, in Australia, we realize the difference between um, one country and the other. And um, I would say being here, it's very um, comforting to see how the government is taking um, responsibility or um, especially recently where they came out with 17 um, billion or mil yeah, 17 billion if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, for their funding in uh, mental health. And, and like you mentioned, Africa or even India, where mental health is not taken so seriously or commonly talked about, it's not a common topic to be discussing. 
So I think this is definitely a time for us to wake up from there and remove that stigma we've always had with mental health. And I think it's not just um, depending on the government or NGOs and other organizations to come up with services and mental health, um, help, uh, yeah, help for all of us. I think it's definitely coming from within. We as individuals need to take the responsibility to open Absolutely. up spaces to have such conversations. Absolutely. And I think it's a silent epidemic. Depression can be considered as a silent epidemic because nobody talks about it, but still it keeps on growing within you. And that's the yeah. saddest element of it, that people don't want to express what's going on inside them. And that's why one of the best ways to really uh, suppress any kind of mental illness is to talk about what's going on inside your heart. Maybe it can be your close friend or a family member or anyone whom you can trust so that you don't keep on adding that inside your heart and increasing your anxiety levels, increasing your depression levels, because that is going to further aggravate your mental illness. And that's what is, you know, leading to that increase in the suicide rates as well. Yeah, I think it's um, we really need to get out there and be ready to have those difficult conversations. What do you think can be some of the ways, Dominica? Because uh, one way is definitely to talk to another person as a friend, right? Yeah. So you can be a friend to another person and you start talking, you start having a conversation and it can be a conversation just to open up what's going on inside, maybe not directly telling because you're not comfortable. But once you get comfortable, just start sharing what's going on inside you. What's, what's, what's that one element that is making you anxious? Is it, is it your job? Is it the uncertainty in the environment? Do you think opening up is important? Or what can be the other ways to really tackle this? I don't think so. There's um, right answers to this, or you know, where I can list down these other ways to tackle. And um, every individual would have um, their own way to go about it that's best for them. Um, but I think what was very heartening to see during the pandemic is how people came out of the comfort zone and they they found ways to um, uh, you know to to relieve themselves of the stress and the anger, uncertainty and the being scared. And I think it's really important to put yourself out there and to try. I know it, it, it is difficult, but we should definitely try to find ways to let it out. And, um, and I think awareness is very important around, um, around us, especially regarding mental health. And, and I feel, um, like you, we were saying when we were talking about the data, it's not just about the statistics regarding suicide or how cases around mental health is doubling up. It's also about looking into these providers for mental health services where even for them, the work has been overwhelming and um, people are on waiting list for mental health services. So that's where I feel like it's really important to have this habit or to, um, you know, to develop in yourself or in your family or around your friend circle to be able to understand the people around. I feel like being sensitive is very important. 
So to inculcate these values within your family, within your friend circle, surrounding mental health, and it's one way to go. Yep. As you said, there is no right or wrong answer. But the only thing is try to open up with someone whom you are close to so that you don't keep on adding it to the to the um, you know inside your heart you're just aggravating that problem and another main thing is from the administrative point of view from the government point of view if we see most of the oecd countries have put these uh, measures into place to protect their jobs and incomes in australia we know about the job keeper and the job seeker which is an incredible initiative from the australian government last year and this year to make sure that no one who is suffering from the financial constraints is actually taking it to the next level and suffering from any kind of mental illness because of the fact that they don't have enough financials, uh, enough funds in, in their bank account. And that has got a direct impact on your mental health as well. But I don't think it's the same case in most of the countries, especially the emerging countries, the countries which are uh, poor, the countries which are still developing, you know, the parts from where we come from, uh, the South American countries, these are the countries which are really, which have really suffered a lot during these times because I know a lot of people from India who, because of their, the, the, the loss of their jobs, they didn't have any option, you know. You must have heard about similar stories coming from India as well, right? Yes, yes. Um, I would like to call mental health, mental wealth of the nation, which includes the cognitive and emotional resources of the citizens. And um, as much as many other countries have already um, tapped onto this or recognized the importance of this for the nation, I think other countries are still coping up with this or, yeah. And um, how a country, how a country nurtures this economic wealth will be really, really important for its uh, economic uh, stability or competitiveness in the future and the collective well-being and resilience of the communities. So as much as I do understand um, where other countries, the historical background and understanding the context, I think, um, I think a very important lesson what COVID-19 is giving us is to be able to uh, acknowledge the importance of mental health of the nation. And hence, um, I feel governments of the country should include very strong um, policies within their government to be able to address. Yeah, and I think that's why the governments are also understanding the importance of mental wealth. That's what you touched based upon. Now we are also listening about separate government ministries where a minister is actually taking care of the mental health and well-being of their people. And I think that can be uh, that can be an area where most of the countries might be heading towards in the near future, that you have a separate ministry which takes care of your mental health, which takes care of these new measures. Because it might not be an initiative under a finance ministry or under one kind of ministry, because this altogether requires you to have a set of initiatives that can deal with deal with mental health. Are you okay? Is one of those initiatives that we have in Australia. Um, in addition to that, the World Health Me World Mental Health Day that 
we dedicate on the 10th of october it's also coming soon are you okay is is being uh, marked on the 9th of september that is day after tomorrow and that is in fact one of the days where you can ask your friend call one of your friends whom you have never talked to in the recent times and just check on with him or her and just ask him or her how is he or she doing it doesn't really um, takes more than 10 seconds to give a call to a friend whom you have not talked to in a while but maybe those 10 seconds can change his or her life isn't it dominica very much and i would really like to stress on the on the fact that um the mental health that we are going through right now or what we are seeing right now will not end with um let's say if the cases go down with covid-19 it will continue further than that and history has shown that mental health impact of disasters outlasts the physical impact and it suggests that today's elevated uh, mental health will continue well beyond the coronavirus outbreak itself so um i think we need to be prepared to be able to really um tackle this way beyond covid-19 because i think if not we won't be able to see the effects today but definitely the effects will be more impactful after this um pandemic is over absolutely, absolutely. and if you look at these uh, results as well as i was talking to you dominica before that 93% of the countries during this pandemic have seen a disruption a major disruption in their critical mental health services and in around 60% of 130 oecd countries or more countries that you have mental health has got disrupted the services that have uh, for mental health have got disrupted for vulnerable people including the adolescents and children and that is a fact that we need to look at at an at an administrative level and also at a personal level and that is something which probably the governments can also ponder upon in the future because you might have similar pandemics coming into place in the future as well so what can be a long term solution in terms of providing financial support especially to the countries that's what i pointed before as well is the main factor of concern are the developing countries and the emerging countries uh, for which poverty drought hunger these are really major concerns for developed countries it's still better um as compared to countries you know the south asian countries and the south american countries any final remarks damanika before we end today's session um i would say I, even though the conversation has been quite difficult i would say it might be difficult for the listeners as well but i just like to ensure that it's all right to feel lost to be feel sad angry um i think all of us are on the same pathway more or less maybe differently maybe same but then i hope uh, all of you will have the strength to at least reach out to whoever you find the comfort in yeah and hopefully after this session people who have listened to this session this is an appeal that maybe after this session reach out if each one of us listening to this session can reach out to at least two of our friends whom we have not interacted with in the recent while just to check on with what they are doing maybe that can be a great value addition out of the sessions discussion isn't it of course 
Great. We hope to see you again, um, Dhamanika, in some other discussions. Um, and I'm, I'm already inviting you for discussions on sustainability during our Daily Dose podcast in the next few weeks. And we also hope to get some feedback from the audience as to what can be the other topics under different themes that we can discuss upon. Let us know what your feedback is on the discussions that we have in our Daily Dose podcast and how we can improve further so that the discussions are more interesting and more valuable for you on a day-to-day -day basis because this is your podcast and we want to make it bigger for you. If you want to join and listen to us on audio and you don't have time to listen to the video versions, there is a good news for you that we are now out on the Spotify and Apple iTunes as well. You can find the link in the description. So join the Apple iTunes and Spotify versions, follow us there and you can listen to our episodes within two to two to three hours of going live. So if you have, if you don't have time to listen on the video, do join the audio. Well, that's it from today's daily dose. Thank you so much for joining us today.